My name is Max Rudolph, and along with Dave Ingram, thank you for joining our Crossing Thin Ice podcast. Asking people in a survey what the most dangerous risks are brings together recent events, cognitive biases, and risk trends. After three pandemic years and a European war, concerns about economic, tech, and hiring are so high that some headline risks fell to also-ran status. Will this year's survey be predictive, contrarian, or both? Let's buckle in and find out. The insurance industry is usually right in the middle of any issue that troubles society. And the 2023 Dangerous Risk Survey suggests that will happen again in the coming year. New this year to the top five risks is recession, which follows the emergence of inflation as the top risk. Cyber is now the only risk that has stayed in the top five throughout the life of the survey. The other new risk to the top five, interest rate changes, also follows inflation. And rounding out the top five is a risk that was new last year, employee retention. For the second year in a row, we had over 200 participants in the survey. This is the sixth year that we have conducted this poll starting in 2017. Ability to hire dropped from fifth to eighth place, suggesting that both risks continue but may have just been pushed down by the exceptional concerns about recession and interest rates. IT slash systems technology gap fell from fourth to sixth place, finishing out of the top five for the first time in the six year life of the poll. Looking at the top risk for 2023, we see that seven were in the top 10 last year, but only four persist from before COVID in 2020. Cyber, interest rate change, IT systems, and pricing slash profits. Let's look at the top 10 individually. Number one, inflation was up from number two last year. Last year, inflation was feared. This year, it is real. Insurers will be hit with a double whammy as the real value of invested assets decays and the cost of some insurance claims increase over the same time. Number two, cybersecurity and cybercrime, which is down from number one last year and a top five risk in all six years of this survey. The growing sophistication and variety of cyber attacks continue to wreak havoc on organizations' finances and reputations. More remote work has also meant more time spent outside of corporate firewalls. Number three, global or national recession, up from number 12 last year. Central bank hikes along with the impact from extended lockdowns in China have slowed economic activity significantly. This is the first time that recession has made the top 10. Number four, interest rate changes, which is up from number 13 in 2022. This was a top 10 risk in 2020, but then the fear was of interest rates falling too low. Now, Repeated rate hikes by the Federal Reserve and central banks in other countries are driving interest rates to levels not seen for 40 years. And rounding out the top five is employee retention, which is down from number three last year. The great resignation continues to be seen as a threat by our insurance industry respondents. Job openings were still over 60% higher than the number of unemployed people. And then uh, 
the bottom half of the top 10 include number six, IT systems and technology gap down from number four last year. Number seven, runaway frequency or severity of claims, which is up from number nine last year. Number eight, ability to hire new employees, which is slided down from number five in 2022. Number nine, strategic direction opportunities missed, up from number 11 last year. And number 10 is pricing and product line profit, which is down from number seven in 2022. One of the interesting parts of the analysis of, of this ranking is to look at the, the largest advances from outside the top 10. And here we've got several that we're going to talk about. First is, is stock market drop, uh, which jumped from number 47 last year all the way up to number 14. And, and we think the reasoning, there's a low ranking of this risk last year, but stock market returns in 2022 were the worst year since the global financial crisis of 2008 and 9. And, and that was even before the recession that may come in 2023. Uh, another is asset credit default or downgrade, which rose all the way from 43 to 15. And again, the, the result is to be expected prior to a recession. Inadequate capital rose from 42 all the way up to 21. And with both stocks and bonds having a year of losses in 2022, insurer capital positions took a hit reducing capacity to deal with any future claims surge or for funding growth. Credit spread fluctuations rose from 60 to 23. And this is another expected result of potential recession, along with the rise in interest rates and the high degree of borrowing done by many firms in the prior long low rate environment. Liquidity went all the way from 68 up to 31. Uh, a recession typically causes cash flow shortfalls reducing demand as fewer buyers are available. Another one is the major international armed conflict or war, which went from 77 to 33. And it was very low ranking um, last year, which was just weeks before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So that's, that's not a surprise that that would jump up. Uh, and then expenses and budgeting went from 59 to 34. With tightening of budget controls likely to be the most common reaction of insurers to both the inflation and recession. So it's not, not surprising that that one would, would move up. By the same token, we like to look at the largest declines in ranking as well. So which ones fell the most? And these all, some of them started off in the top 10, but all are outside the top 10 now. First risk we'll look at is pandemic, which fell from number 10 all the way to number 66. Pandemic risk fell back to where it had been prior to COVID, but there's no guarantee that major pandemics will always happen 100 years apart. And of course, that's that's one that will continue to, to follow. Climate change fell from 24 to 48 and, and all the way down from number nine in 2020. So right now, the climate risk has not been prioritized beyond regulatory requirements uh, with respect to insurers. Organizational change fell from 27 to 49. With the pressures on maintaining headcount and key skills, insurers are reluctant to make disruptive organizational changes right now. Uh, aging demographics for distributors and agents fell from 25 to 44. Insurance salespeople may be finding that they can and, and many need to keep working. The risk caused by a dearth of younger people ready to step up and be the sales leaders of the future is, is still looming. That's, that's been out there for, for a long time. 
Uh, additional risks to, to watch out for in, in 2023. Um, a couple that, that Dave and I are, are watching. Uh, one is uh, property man, uh, mortgage exposure uh, at number 51 right now. And the other is is company culture at number 17. These, these both should be on your radar, driven by a decrease in need for office space and a rapidly changing business environment. Before we move on to part two of today's podcast, we want to tell you about ARM's ERM advisory services. Our ERM advisory team, led by Dave Ingram and myself, Max Rudolph, are available to provide a wide range of support to your enterprise risk management program. Here are samples of recent projects. Risk appetite and tolerance statements are the key linkages between ERM and company strategy. We worked with an insurer to provide a very practical approach to setting up and updating their risk appetite and tolerance statement using examples from other insurers. We also provide an approach to linking risk appetite and tolerance to individual risk limits. Uh, what we noticed was a, a, a fairly large shift in, in what people's concerns were during the pandemic. Partly, uh, things are changing. Inflation coming in there at number two last year and number one this year, but a number of things falling off, and, and, and only four of the risks that were in the top 10 in 2020 are still in the top 10 in 2023. So uh, uh, I, I think this tells us a lot about the mood people are in compared to uh, uh, the risks in the environment. In, in the years 2020 and earlier, it, it felt like, well, these were kind of the you know normal risks and it was a jockeying around. And I think in, in 2022 and 2023, I, I just got a sense people were, uh, we're more concerned about the risk so that uh, I don't think the normal risks have gotten any smaller. I, I think that the list has rearranged itself because some of the new risks that have pushed to the top uh, are, are pretty significant risks. And the other thing I'd say is the top 10 risks that you look at there, uh, only one or two of them are really insurance focused. The rest of them are the same risks that every business out there uh, would be subject to. So I, I think what we'll find is that uh, insurance companies will be there competing with everybody else to, to look for and to implement solutions to, uh, to manage those risks. Some of the risks that were in the top 10 before the pandemic have dropped lower, some a lot lower. Uh, legislative and regulatory risk, disruptive technology, traditional competition, natural catastrophes, climate change, and emerging risks, or what I call the I don't know risk, those of all uh, were in the top 10 before the pandemic that, that are not there now. Most of those are uh, in the next 10. Yeah, I, I've filled it out each of the last few years, and it's it's really kind of fun to do, and you get kind of lost at how much time you end up spend doing it sometimes. You know, you sit there and, well, I'll just do a couple more, and, and the next thing you know, you've been doing it for an hour. <laughs> get some good data. But beyond beyond the top ten, Dave, were were there some additional surprises you want to point out? Well, the the biggest shock to me was where climate change showed up. Uh, climate change last year was ranked number twenty four. This year, it dropped all the way to number forty eight. And and I think that uh, while 
many people are highly concerned about climate change. They just don't see it as a short-term risk. It may be that we need to take short-term actions to avoid long-term consequences. But I think given the way that we phrase the question, you know, is it dangerous in 2023? That's why it came out that way. And it's not just the folks that answered our survey doing this. Uh, a large group called the uh, CRO Forum, which is the, the, the chief risk officers of the largest uh, European and other international firms, uh, they've come out and said basically what I just said there, that they see climate change as a massive long-term risk, but, but not something they expect to see um, a major impacts from in the short term. Yeah, that was especially interesting to me because, as I mentioned, I filled it out and 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 climate change was one that I, I chose over, you asked for two things. It's not unusual for me to pick climate change over the other one. So for it to finish that low was was a surprise to me as well. Um, as you're looking forward to to 2023 and and risks that are are up and coming, you know which which is there any one that you're in particular going to be watching? The one that uh, I, I'm the most concerned about is commercial real estate. I, I guess I don't know that closely currently what kind of commercial real estate exposure insurers had um, when I worked inside of an insurer, and that's quite a while ago now. Commercial real estate mortgages were 20% or more of the the general account portfolio. Uh, And I I just think with the changes in the officing uh, practices of companies where you you see statistics that uh, in some major markets, New York, for instance, where I'm located, the the news says that the uh, occupancy of office space is still running about 50% on the average. Uh, So that's got to have a huge impact on the value of commercial real estate. And if you, you've got mortgages on commercial real estate, there, there, there could be problems coming with that. Yeah. And one, one thing to add on that, Dave, with the, uh, the bank crisis that's happening right now, the signature bank uh, out of, out of New York was, was apparently one of the big writers of commercial uh, real estate loans in, in New York in particular. So um, that could have an impact on that market. Uh I hadn't looked. I had hadn't, hadn't looked into the details of that situation. I just, thought, I just saw that in the last couple of days. Well, well, Max, let me turn this around. You know, you you do that uh, emerging risk survey every year, sponsored by the actual profession. Um, what 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 do people say in that survey? Well, it's interesting. The the dangerous risk survey that we do asks respondents to think about risks to insurers over the next year where the emerging risk survey is is much broader regarding questions and, and industries. But there is one question that's that's most similar to the dangerous risk survey, and that's that's the current risk question. You know, what's what's your top current risk? I also ask about emerging risks over a 10-year time horizon. And and so we get into to broader questions than than just current risk. The emerging risk survey really includes a lot of open-ended questions as well, making making it a much longer survey. The dangerous risks uh, you can you can do it for just a minute or two, or you can do it for longer. Um, but getting back to the current risk question, one similarity that I see is how rapidly it can change over twelve months from one survey to the next iteration. Uh, for example, in in the emerging risk survey. This year, wars and is way up. When we did the survey in November of 21, that's before the Ukraine event started. You know, and now in November of 22, it's after. So, so that's one that that has jumped in. Um, you know, energy price shock was another one that that jumped way up. 
we all also saw pandemics is way down. You know that people are are kind of viewing that as oh we're moving on from that, which which is kind of intriguing. I I don't personally think we're quite quite done with pandemics yet. We're still seeing a lot of excess deaths. You know, and whether it's directly from COVID or from indirect reasons, um, we still need to be spending quite a bit of time on it. I think so. That that I think is is interesting to compare the two though. Uh, and and thanks for asking me about that. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Crossing Thin Ice, presented by Actuarial Risk Management. If you found it valuable, please like and subscribe.